Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What's up, everyone? How are you guys and gals doing? Today, we are going to be talking about the outcome overseas in UK with them three banditos with the now defunct as the news is reporting chapter of the banditos. I know a lot of people have been following that one. It has to do with uh, these three that ran into a Red Chiefs member killed him he was a grandpa the whole nine yards it caused a huge outrage over there also we're gonna go over to australia and talk about the rebels motorcycle club being raided but first we got this good stuff here from the u.s of a baby well it's 38th annual toy run for charity this weekend riders were encouraged to donate one new toy clothing or pay ten dollars per motorcycle at Big Dogs Roadhouse in the Kill. Riders participate in this event the Sunday after Thanksgiving every year. Many cruise to different stops across South Mississippi, picking up more toys and more bikers before reaching their final destination in Biloxi. That's where the donated toys were dropped off at the Knights of Columbus Hall. The toys will soon be distributed to children in need along the coast. Oh, no, it feels good. Every year, like the first one, it feels good, given to the needy kids feels great feels real good and especially with all the people that come to this thing and does the donation we couldn't do it without them after the charity run bikers were invited to an after party at the harley shop on cedar lake road in Biloxi. good stuff there good stuff toys or tots it's the month right now everybody's going to be out there raising money getting toys for the kids great stuff that bikers and clubs are doing they're also getting stuff to the pantries especially in these times of need the economy just blows right now and a lot of people are getting laid off they need a help with this inflation the whole nine yards let's go to our main story here and that is out of england let me get this sucker pulled up here and this is out of the bbc i do not know how reliable the bbc is over there hopefully it ain't like it is over here in the states with all these papers like the new york times wall uh street journal whatever it is that uh, really doesn't tell the truth so much biker club killing plymouth uh three men are convicted that is the outcome of the trial. And it uh, looks like uh, Van Driver, and this was the Van Driver that we covered it before. The other two were pretty pissed off. I actually called them a dick during trial. Plowed into and killed David Crawford, who was on his motorbike in Plymouth in May. It goes on to say Chad Branding, 36, Thomas Pauly, 32, were in a nearby car and we're working with Barry Plymouth Crown Court Heard. 
All three defendants had denied murdering Mr. Crawford, but were convicted of manslaughter. So that is a downgrade of a charge, manslaughter instead of murder. Again, I do not know how their system works over there. I know we got first, second, third, manslaughter, all that kind of stuff. When it comes to murder charges, it goes on to say on the 12th of May, they spotted Mr. Crawford, 59, a member of the Red Chiefs. Uh, You better watch out over there, man. The indigenous uh, people over here get mad with that name. Just saying on his motorcycle and wanted to talk to him about wearing his colors on their patch. And it's funny. I always tell you how Australia and Britain change things around. They spell colors. C-O-L-O-U-R-S. And you'll wonder why this hooked on phonics dropout in English can't deal with it. Anyway, it uh, talks about Mr. Crawford traveled from Cornwall in Plymouth with other club members that evening, but went off alone to return to his home. And that's when everybody, this whole thing happened. Uh, The jury was shown inward and outward dash cams from Perry's work van which Mr. Cavan called brutal as he showed the collision and grandfather, Mr. Crawford, being thrown in the air. So with that, again, I don't know uh, how they got the manslaughter charges. And this is according to what I'm reading in the news right now. And I don't know how their system works. If they're found guilty, the jury gets to decide which charges they want to throw in. I don't know. But that is the conclusion of that case that we have been following out in the UK. Now, going over to ABC.net by ABC Central Victoria. Police target rebel bikies in early morning Melbourne Bendigo raids season firearms and drugs. It was actually interesting uh, on YouTube because I like watching a lot of this history stuff, the documentaries. And learning about the truck drivers over there, man, they call them truck trains where they can be hauling like freaking six or seven 53 foot trailers. Uh, but learning that most of the populations on the East Coast and they have to go through uh, basically some they call it the outback. I was like, damn, man, you know, learning about Australia. I guess I need to since I'm reporting on some of this stuff. Police have raided properties as part of the operation targeting illegal weapons and the outlawed motorcycle club, the Rebels. Yes, they actually outlaw motorcycle clubs over there. Everybody's heard about their laws, how it stinks, if you ask me. But hey, Australia, you know what? You're giving up your rights. You're getting what you deserve. I'm sorry to say that, man. That's just like on the second half of the show with China now, we always talk about, well, you vote for these people, don't cry. Police raided seven properties across, uh, you know, Melbourne, South, Northwest, blah, 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 on Wednesday morning. The multi-agency operation, which included Australian federal police, I don't know if that's like our FBI, uh, resulted in the seizure of numerous weapons as well as cocaine, cannabis, and magic mushrooms. Somebody was having fun. Uh, it was alleged that among the men raided was 49-year-old North Bendigo man, believed to be the chapter president. 
then it goes on to say the outlaw motorcycle gangs remain a significant national problem, just not in the bigger cities. That's funny because actually, the last episode we went over a report that came out of Australia, and in that report, it said there was only a subgroup within the clubs that were committing these type of crimes. And another study said under 1% of the crime in Australia is committed by outlaw bikies, if you will. But it just goes to show you with the governments of the world, they'll latch on to anything to fill their budget needs. And that's straight up, man. That's not no BS that ain't any of that. It's not conspiracy. That's what happens. They fill their budget coffers with these supposed criminal organizations in order to give themselves some breathing room so they go out there and show their schlongs. And I'm never going to back off of that viewpoint when you have study after study that proves that a point it's individuals and not a whole organization. And I brought up the Kentucky Bowling Green study, which cops hate it when I bring that up, but it has to do with the crimes that cops commit. But nobody wants to hear that. They'll come and say, well, it's not everybody. We got a larger deal of police officers. So, you know, the percentage compared to outlaw bikers is redundant. No, that's crap. You just don't want to face the fact that if you're trying to lay it off on somebody else like you do, that it's going to come back and hit you right in the scrotum. And you hate that. You hate when somebody pushes back on your narrative. It's just like, how can I say this? Sturges, Daytona, Myrtle Beach. You have made an art of making money off the back of bikers. Not only in your tax revenue that you go around collecting every day to make sure it's paid, but also your harassment of the people that is keeping you paid. I never understood why everybody goes to these big corporate events when you know they don't like you there. That's just like the roar of the shore. They came straight out and said, we don't need you. We got other means. But it was that rally that built you up. But see, us as bikers, we keep it going. We keep on going there. Now, I have to do, say it's probably the rubbers that are doing it, not true, uh, you know, hardcore bikers. But, you know, I recommend going to like hard rock or a hog rock, little sturges, something like that. To show, show support to the smaller type of venues that you're not going to have all these cops all over you. That's just my thoughts, man. Let me know what you guys think in the description below. Also, Motorcycle Lifestyle News. 5 p.m. Central Standard Time over on our other YouTube channel. The link will be in the description. Go over there, subscribe, all that good stuff. All news dealing with the industry. Everything except clubs, you know, that's going to be on Insane Throttle stuff when we cover that. But good stuff over there, hidden good reviews. Stay tuned, China Dow's coming up right now. 
It's going to be a good one. Rock on. You know what my favorite fantasy is? I love two hard cocks. I like to have one fucking me and I like to suck one off while the other one's fucking me. And today I'm having two of my very favorite friends come over and they're going to be eating my pussy and I'm going to be sucking them off. Mm, I can hardly wait. They should be here any minute. Suck it. Suck it deep. Suck it. Suck it deep. Suck it. WMMRCB Rockford, where you can always get your freak on. Suck it. and everybody's looking forward to this episode. I've been uh, advertising it. China Dow's venture into being a bisexual woman. That's going to be the story today. Everybody's getting hard waiting for it. (laughs) But we do have some uh, disappointing stuff coming up. Some very disappointing stuff. And she had to do it. She killed my role. Right before we were going to get into a great show about what her journey's been, <laughs> she had to bring up this damn news story. And now I'm kind of bummed because now I just want to set the uh, the world are you, on fire. Are, are you talking about Trump and Cayenne? No, not him. <laughs> we can talk about dumbass in a minute. 
just, I'm talking about that little girl. It's not a little girl. It's a little boy. Little boy that was at a playground mm. and tell him what happened. I was so pissed. And this is right before I call on the air to talk about her eating freaking puta. <laughs> not cool at all, is it? A 10-month-old baby boy. Almost 10 months old. Almost died after eating fentanyl found in a park. The paramedics were able to save his life using Narcan, which is obviously the overdose treatment. 10 months old at a park. You can't even bring your kids or your grandkids to the park anymore. This is getting unreal. Well, he had the accidental over fentanyl overdose, which was the initial encounter. And that was followed by respiratory arrest. Yeah, he was OD and he's 10 months old. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they were able to get him back revived because 10 months old, you don't weigh nothing. And it depends on the dose that it was what was, it, they just found it in the middle of the park. The it's baby, sickening. The baby was playing in a public park in the Marina District of San Francisco. Oh, there it says everything. With his twin brother and and, and nanny. They were what playing, up, Denny? They were playing in the grass. We got chilly this weekend, man. Go ahead. And putting leaves in their mouths. Because, you know, they're 10 months old. Yeah, they're everything 10 months old. They're going to put anything and everything so, into their mouth. And the bo- they were both doing it, but only one. But of was them. it found on the ground? Yes. Oh, come on. Yeah. yeah. It was found on the ground. Mm-hmm. The Suddenly, the baby showed signs of trouble breathing, prompting the nanny to call the boy's father. Then when the boy's skin turned blue, the nanny called 911 and began to give him CPR. The father and the paramedics showed up at the park, but the boy had stopped moving. So a nanny, mm-hmm. and it's not her fault. No, because she she said she checked the area prior to putting the boys down ain't that pretty sure... messed up that you gotta tr- you gotta check the whole area at a park mm-hmm. before you let your kids play because you got all this oh my god all this devious stuff going on that our kids have to face yeah she said she noted checked in the area to make sure there were no pills needles foils or anything like Isn't that, that pretty in the bad? grass where they were playing and why, that's how bad San Francisco's become. That's the way Chicago's going to become. Well, I mean, it's pathetic that you got to do that. Just to put your kids down to play. The father specific. His yeah, quote, Denny uh, China Doll's actually making it. It's pretty damn good. Oh, we're talking about chili. My this homemade weekend. chili. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, OK. The but this is what a quote from the baby's dad. The baby's dad says. The fentanyl crisis needs that kind of COVID-like attention. Now, do you agree with that? Yes, I do. You're damn right I do. After this kind of incident where everything has to go and you lock down that damn border and you start grabbing these son of a, ugh, son of a guns, if you will, <laughs> and actually throw their ass in jail. But like I always said, I like the Philippines where they kill them. This is a 10-month-old baby. Well, they, the, they, they found out that authorities have claimed to have seized large loads of fentanyl, a synthetic drug that has caused more than 100,000 deaths in 2021. 100,000 people have died because of this, and these pricks in Congress, this prick diaper head president, 
are just letting it happen. And what's even worse is San Francisco's a freaking cesspool. But what's even worse is emergency rooms don't always screen for fentanyl. So that means more people have died from overdoses of fentanyl than what's actually known. Maybe that should be a protocol now that the emergency rooms use. I think they should. I think they should screen. If they're coming in with any sort of symptoms that are related to fentanyl, because they know all the symptoms. Why is it people give these cartels the power by consuming this kind of shit? At some point, you got to say, well, it's not only on the cartel, it's on our own citizens because they're the dumbasses doing it. They're the ones that keep them in business. It's, and now you got where you you can't put your kids down in any liberal freaking city because there's needles. There's all kinds of drugs laying around because they got a homeless problem because they don't know how to run their cities. They think it's great for crime to run rampant. And next thing you know, a 10 month old baby is a victim of it. And you got a nanny that has to sit there. And look over the place to make sure nothing's around. But a 10-month-old's going to find it. They'll chew on everything. They'll eat anything, these these 10-month-olds. The dad says that his quote was, I'm just a dad that something bad happened to. I just wanted to let people know that along with coyotes and RSV and COVID, this is another thing to add to your checklist of things you're looking out for because we weren't. And it's really not his fault. I'd be pissed, man. I'd be going on a rampage if I was him. I'd go on a rampage if that happened to my granddaughters. And that just goes to show you the morality that this country has is no more. When I don't care if you want to kill yourself by doing drugs yourself. Go kill yourself. I don't care. But don't do it to where you're going to put kids at risk. Don't do it. You know, that's just like there was that one story that I covered where there was a clubhouse right behind a baseball field mm-hmm, I remember where the kids were playing. But you have a freaking drugstore coming out of it. Come on. That's not what we are. That's not what we do. But you think it's cool because you were making your money around kids. And then you have people actually defended the pricks. You don't do that shit around kids. I don't care if it's just weed. You just don't do it. And that's where the morality is gone is when we can't take care of our kids. The future's bleak. This one upsets me. Well, then they need to do something more because along with this story, following right behind it was a story. Oh, you to keep your boner, Chase. It'd be coming up after I get my rants out. (laughs) Along with that story, New York Post posted a story about three Border Patrol agents die by suicide in three weeks in this past month. That's because they're under so much pressure Mm -hmm. because they won't do nothing for these people down there. They're letting these son of a bitches just flow over the damn border. And they act like it's not their problem until you start shipping them to them. Like Chicago, they freaked out. Because the governor is shipping the illegals up here, and you got that troll-looking Beetlejuice jackass 
well, you know, they're just playing politics. Well, no, they're the ones on the border having to deal with this stuff. And since you want to be a sanctuary state, send them to you. Well, it brings the total suicides of Border Patrol agents to 14 for the year of 2022. And like Benny just said, somebody would fucking die if that happened to my kids. You're damn right. That's what needs to be done to these type of people. These drug dealers that are pushing meth, heroin, fentanyl, they deserve no mercy. None at all. Because it's destroying not only a person, an individual, it's destroying entire families. It's destroying entire generations. And when you have to go to a park and look around for that kind of shit, it's a park. It's a park. Yeah, now it makes you second guess every time you take your kids or grandkids to the playground where you live and be like, do I need to search? You're damn right. It sounds like you got to search it now. Because some ignorant fool who wants to go whining and crying that their life sucks is going to put a kid in danger. And I'm sorry, that's what it comes down to. If you're on fentanyl, you're on heroin, you're on meth, don't give me your crybaby excuses, man. Just don't do it. And I hate to sound like that, but that's the way I feel. Don't give me your freaking excuses. I don't care how life is bad for you. Grow up, life owes you nothing, get on track, or do everybody a favor. Especially do your family a favor. And just leave. Get out. Because I think that's what this world needs is a little bit of tough love. But to put babies at risk? No, that ain't cool, man. That ain't cool whatsoever. Well, the Border Patrol officer that just passed away on the 20th, he was um, a U.S. Army veteran. Uh, He was an agent for 10 years and a cocaine handler since 2016. He left behind his wife and two children. He was uh, one of the ones that had the law enforcement dog that would sniff out the cocaine. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, he he passed away. And prior to him, there was one on November 6th and November 13th. You, uh, You know what, Duke? You made sense right here to me. Anybody that grew up in the Montclair neighborhoods of Chicago uh, used to be a rule. No drugs to no one 18 and under. If you were caught dealing to minors, you were be bad. That was absolutely true. But the problem was the forever bother Italians came into the neighborhood. The FBI started taking out the guys. And next thing you know, the neighborhood went to hell because if you would have dealt that shit in the neighborhood, you'd have bound, you'd have been found under a bridge or in the car of a trunk. And that's the thing about street justice is it used to work, but it don't work that way no more because of the way the government did, you know, uh, Brian, the quote you Hollywood, it's a sad state of affairs. It's pandemic across North America. You got that right. It is a pandemic and should be treated as such. 
And then you got our border agents, you know, me and cops never get along, but border patrol, I support because they're trying to keep the scum out of here. Come on. And no, Ivaldi, you had a whole damn freaking school full of cops. And it was a border patrol agent. It was a border patrol agent that went in there and saved that ass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But now they're committing suicide because they can't get the funding, funding that they're demonized by the media. And the first thing I would do, if you could ever get in front of diaper head, is tell dude, here, here's a story of a 10-month-old boy who almost overdosed on fentanyl because he was going to a park. And because you don't want to do nothing at the border. That's what he should be told. But these freaking elite liberal West Coast, East Coast liberals, they don't care about you. So I don't understand why people vote for them. They don't care about you. And they sure to hell don't care about your kids if this is happening. San Francisco, like Mark said, it's a haven for freaking homeless. And I hate to beat up on homeless. But you're homeless for a reason. Don't give me this poor me bullshit. Well, I got a drug problem. I got an alcohol problem. I don't care. Those were more important to you than yourself and your family. There's no excuse for that shit. And there's no excuse for leaving your needles and, you know, letting your drugs fall out of your pocket where kids can get a, a hold of it. I think this is a subject that really gets to me. Wayne, he he would just smell the kid. He's a sick bastard, and he is. If you seen the, this was an actual photograph. There was two little girls taking a selfie, and he was in the background smiling out a window. It was an actual picture. It's no wonder his kids all screwed up. Come on, a diary of his daughter said he used to take baths with her, but no, nobody brings that up. And that's the kind of sickness that this country's going through. You can't even say pedophile anymore. Because that's a bad thing. You're supposed to say adults sexually attracted to a minor child. Get out of here with that. That's a pedophile. Just saying. Damn right. I don't see why that's like a naughty word now. It is. Uh, this world's going crazy. It is no longer politically correct to say pedophile. Mm. Oops, I said it. It happens. My it bad. happens. My bad. So, yeah, we start. You know what? We're supposed to talk about your bisexual stuff, and that's coming up, everybody. Get your dicks hard. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you got another story. We're covering the news. We always cover the news. Uh, what's going on? And, you know, they're trying to get uh, Hollywood all burnt up and shit. While she's pulling up the next story, don't forget, 5 p.m. Central Standard Times on Motorcycle Life <coughs> News. We have a new one every day, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. Central. I'm having a ball doing that one because I love talking news. I like talking bikes, rallies, all that good stuff. Club stuff is not on that channel. What do we got next? Donald. You're over here laughing at me, man. You know <laughs> you know what? You're doing this on purpose to keep me going. <laughs> You're doing it on purpose to keep me going. No, I'm not. 
Donald Trump lashed out at Cayenne West for inviting Notorious. It's Kane. I don't care. It's Cayenne. What is West. he? Cajun? Cajun it's, Wayne? It's Cayenne West. But now well, he let's goes get by, some Cayenne now, pepper. Now he goes by Ye. Ye, whatever. Ye. Well, anyways, idiot. I actually seen that interview with Tim Pool for inviting a notorious Holocaust skeptic and white nationalist Nick Fuentes to dinner. Fuming that the rapper was trying to f him over by bringing the uninvited guest, he, you know what? How many? And I put this on my personal Facebook page, and so far I've been getting some good comments. But you got your diehard Trumpers out there, and I voted for the guy twice. I hung his fucking flag up in front of my house. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's in a garbage can. Yeah. How are you going to tell me you didn't know who these guys were? How are you going to tell me that? How many Secret Service agents did you have? (laughs) Yeah, it says in the interview with Fox News Digital on Tuesday, the former president insisted that he had never heard of Fuentes. Give me a break. Never heard of him. Don't bullshit us, Mm. man. In his quote, it says... It just shows your type of judgment, and it shows that your time has passed. Yes, you had good policies. You did. You had great policies. The problem is your ego, and we need somebody who is serious that's going to fix this country, and I think it's Ron DeSantis 2024. Ron DeSantis 2024 is what I say. Go ahead. Trump said, I had no idea what his views were, and they weren't expressed at our dinner table. Very quick dinner. Or it wouldn't have been accepted. Mm -hmm. So I guess the conversation happened after dinner. (laughs) So. (laughs) But you know what I mean? His ego is always. I think people are tired of the shenanigans. People want serious people to take care of business. We got a fentanyl problem here. We got a border crisis he problem. Called, he even called uh, Kanye West a gold digger. <laughs> well, even though Kanye West is richer than he is, but that's how that's how Trump is. If you're good with him, you're good with him. You but piss him suit, off, he starts calling he you starts, names. Yeah, he starts calling you names like some sixth grader at freaking on the you know the playground. That's the way it works. You know, right now in this country. And everybody knows I'm a, I am love unions. I'm a union guy. Yeah. I don't like the bosses of the union. No. But there's a railroad strike that could be happening. And now Congress all of a sudden wants to get involved. All they want is seven paid sick days. And the railroads won't agree to it. And to avert the disaster that they caused, because this is something they pushed off until after the election. They want to make it to where these people have to go to work anyway. And all they want is paid uh, sick days. Yeah, it could cause us all hell. And you know what? Put us in a pretty bad depression. But at the same time, a union people. See what you vote for? Jackasses. (laughs) You voted for them. I didn't. Oh, I know you did it. One me. One me. Actually, Mark, you know what? Unions are not the reason why they there's no factories. The reason why the 
manufacturing sector has gone downhill is <laughs> the Republicans and the Democrats are the ones that opened everything up. I think it was in the 1990s where people were dropping tariffs and all that kind of shit. And next thing you know, everybody's building their shit in China. I know unions get a bad name, but it's the union bosses. It ain't the members themselves that are doing it. Well, you can say, yeah, it is because you're voting for those you know, union bosses and shit like that. <laughs> but, you know, I you got... My family's uh, coal mine unions and steel workers unions and some been in truck driving unions and they even say, hey, the leaders are in the pockets and all that stuff. But it was the two political parties that really crushed manufacturing, not the unions itself. All they wanted was a living wage. I don't voice my opinion on unions because I don't know crap. I haven't researched enough of it. Yeah, you usually have to do your research. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, well, that's what it was. That's what I was going for, Grumpy, was NAFTA. NAFTA is the one that destroyed everything. And that was in the mid-90s with Bill Clinton, a Democrat who was supposedly with unions, passed that shit. Next thing you know, as soon as that passed, the borders became open with Canada, Mexico, and China. And everybody just started to give their shit back to uh, them. And when Trump came in and passed the one deal... He was bringing companies back to the United States, but then you get, you know, your limousine liberals out there doing the dumb shit. But what is your thoughts on Trump and Kane West? I think it's funny. Why do you think it's funny? Because <laughs> he was so stupid to allow it to happen. How? I mean, how does he not know? I mean, I didn't know who the person was, but that's just because I don't follow that. Yeah, but if you're the... Former president of the United States. Don't you think your little handlers are going to like let you know who's all invited to this? Well, thing? that's what they're supposed to do. So you would have known ahead of time what dude was. There. So that's what tells me. Well, you know what? For one, you're lying. You knew who they were. He faking. Yeah, you're faking. Come on. You had Milo there. You know, damn well, he's going to bring some stupid shit in. And you had Kane West, who's a freaking batshit crazy. Kane. Cayenne. Whatever. He's batshit crazy. He weird. So if you can't even have good judgment about that, how are you going to have to? You're almost 80 years old anyway. We don't need no old ass motherfuckers no more. We no, need we, some younger generation. Yeah, we need Ron DeSantis. He served in the military. I'd like to see somebody in there that's more in their 40s. Well, DeSantis is mid-40s. Say, there you go. That'll work. Served in the military. He's kicked ass for Florida. That's what we need here. The Democrats are fucking scared to death of DeSantis because he has Trump's qualities of pushing back, but he actually has a brain. I'm sorry. I'm going to piss off a lot of Trump people. It's okay. I, I voted for the dude twice. I supported him, sent money to his campaign, but he's a dumbass. We don't need dumbasses in serious times anymore. Am I your joke? Okay, let's hear your joke, and then we're going to move on to the favorite part. Okay, you ready? Life is like a penis. Life is like a penis? Mm -hmm. you got the Are ups, you giving your advice? You got the ups and the downs. It's not always going to stay hard, so just ride it out. 
Just say, shut up. I made a TikTok like that. It's fine. Oh, my goodness gracious. You actually made a funny. I try. It's not that funny. It's it's hard for you to be funny, isn't it? It's not that funny. It's kind of funny. Oh, my God. Say it again. Say it again. I want to hear it again. Life is like a penis. You got your ups (laughs) and your downs. It's not always going to stay hard. So just ride it out. What? It's true. Ouch. Grumpy, thank you for that. I was making, listen to this. Yeah. I was making 17 bucks an hour in the 90s, which was a lot of money in the 1990s. At a textile job, they shut the doors and moved to Honduras. That's how they did, everybody. You ever notice when you get stuff and you order it online and it comes from China and like if it's clothing, it never fits. No, <laughs> that's because they got slant eyes. They don't know. how. To, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I'm just saying it don't fit. And if it don't so fit, talk- and if it don't fit, you must have quit. Oh, wait, no, that's the OJ trial. So My talking bad. about keeping things hard. Oh. Uh, how do I do that? We're going know. to go into your journey. <laughs> A bisexuality. And the first question I want to ask, and you've <laughs> said it before, is are all women bisexual? Yes. And why? Yes, they are. Because, because women can give to other women what men can't. Which is what? Well, we go down a lot better, but a lot of women won't do that. What do you mean a lot of women won't do that? A lot of women don't muff dive. And why is that? Because they're more receivers than givers. Is it because they want to be more uh, in control or? No, it's because I think in my, in my opinion, after all the girls that I have met, it's because they're too afraid to admit that they're bi. That they're bi. So they probably feel that if they're the receiver and they're not doing the giving, that they're considered still straight. And in this day and age, it shouldn't be the way they're thinking about that. When do you think a bi woman becomes aware that they're actually bisexual? How early on? How early on? I mean, I don't know. You can have thoughts of stuff when you're pretty young. Mm -hmm. But you won't follow through with any of it until you're older. What about the first kiss with a girl? Most girls kiss at least one girl in their life, haven't they? Yep. Or am I just fantasizing here? And it's usually in college when they're drunk. Uh Uh-huh. It is usually. I mean, mine wasn't. (laughs) It's in college or is it in high school? Either or. It was a drunken thing. Oh, my God. You're always blaming drinking. Like, come on. They they have a song already saying I kissed a girl and I liked it. Her cherry chapstick. Okay. What is so go on? I want to know your journey here. Mine was middle school. Okay, but like in elementary school, oh I used to lift all the girls' dresses up and run. I got in so much trouble for that. You what? (laughs) I've never heard this story. Please do tell. (laughs) What you are a freak. At an early age. What? I used to do it. I don't care. I'm not blaming alcohol. I kissed a girl. I was sober as hell. <laughs> yeah, but was she? 
We're in her underneath. Okay, the, underneath the pool. Okay, tell us about some details. What? I'm gonna be Howard Stern here right oh, now. Jesus, give us details. Well, we used to hang out all the time because we were like seventh, eighth grade. We were we've known each other since kindergarten because in my neighborhood we went to school together basically from kindergarten all the way through high school. So, yeah. Uh, Mark, China's the predator. I am. Huh. <laughs> Still am. <laughs> I was the same age as the girl whose dress I lifted up. It's fine. I got took to the principal's office for that. Okay, go ahead. You're under the pool table. Yeah, we used to be in this girl. Used to hang out all the time at, at either her house, my house, the park, go to, you know, the local candy store, all that kind of stuff. So the one day when candy I candy store, yeah, the, the nickel and dime candy store. Oh, nickel and dime. Okay. Yeah. Like where they had the barrels and you could just grab a handful of shit and it cost you like a quarter. But the thing is, Michelle, would you kiss China though? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we were playing pool, which we both sucked at. And then we got bored, and so we started listening to music, and we were sitting underneath the pool table. Now, why would you go underneath the pool table? I don't know. Was we there just a lot of there. sexual tension happening no. during the pool game? No, we we decided to make a fort, and it was easy to make a fort by throwing blankets over the pool table instead of having to actually build one. Okay. So we went under the pool table where we put a bunch of pillows like we took all the cushions off the couch and everything and threw them all under there and we threw blankets over it. And uh, she said, fuck no, she'd never kiss me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no hard feelings. <laughs> but uh, we were... Nitro's old lady said yes. <laughs> What's up, Brad? How you doing? <laughs> Go ahead. So we're under the pool table and we're talking about uh, people in school because that's what you do. You gossip, right? Because we're girls. We gossip about people at school. You women are the worst. We're terrible. And this was seventh and eighth grade. So, you know, it's bad because, you know, that's when you first start going in locker rooms and taking showers and stuff. <laughs> are you getting wet right now? No. <laughs> why? Why did you lift her dress? I don't know. I was being mean. <laughs> well they do say actually, when you're mean to each other you do like them i was uh i was very i, I lifted her dress because i was actually dared by a boy to okay do don't and, get away and, from and, our and, uh we're getting i'm into answering this the question i do dares so i was <sighs> dared to do it so i did it and then i got taken to the principal's office and my mom came and i got in a lot of trouble okay moving on sonny who we're just talking and gossiping and sitting under uh, the table talking and stuff. And then next thing you know it, she kissed me. What do you mean she kissed you? Yeah, she leaned over and just gave me a kiss on the lips. Just a peck. Uh-huh. Yeah. But so, then did you get tonguing? We did. Oh! <laughs> oh! Do tell! And the funny part is I didn't do the, I didn't do the initial thing. She did. So she was by. <coughs> uh, well, she's not now, but <laughs> uh, how do you how do you say not now? 
She's not now. I follow her on Facebook. Okay, yeah, she might have a boyfriend or she's a husband. She's actually single, but she's actually single, but has a, a child. How much you want to bet, though? She's had more experiences now that oh, she's sure. older. She, yeah. So well, how can't you say she's bi? Well, I'm sure she is bi, but she's not in a relationship. You got to tell me your name. I'll have to ask her. Nope. What do you mean, no? I ain't throwing her under the bus. Why? I will. It's not you. It's me. No, no. I don't give away my first, my first crush. Was that your, so that was your first crush was a woman. Yeah. It was actually my first kiss. <laughs> it was, it was my first kiss. You never told me this. Well, I told you about at my reunion, the one guy that was there that, you know, he, he, he said I was his first kiss. Well, that was like freshman year in high school. So your first kiss was a woman. Yeah. Mark says he's a lesbian. Well, bring it. Did that take you on a journey from having your first actually, kiss with a woman? Actually, after after I kissed her, I like never really uh, chased after any girls. I Thanks, Michelle. I, I stayed single. <laughs> you stay single after you kiss her. I stayed the... single all through high school. <laughs> so you were really... More into girls than anything. Yeah. In high school. In high school, you it was more women. Mm-hmm. So what were your thoughts? I mean, as... I had I had guys that I dated, but they weren't like officially uh like boyfriends. Okay. What was and it never... like when you were walking into w- women's locker rooms and seeing all the muff? What was going through your mind? Seeing all of it, I didn't. I didn't do any of that back then. Oh bullshit! You're here over here picking up dresses and stuff. You just <laughs> said that during I your only, high school time, you were more into women. I was more into women, like looking at them because they're beautiful. Okay, locker room. Oh uh, yeah, what about it? I didn't go over by the shower area. Oh come on! I didn't. I no, didn't. I don't you lie. know why I didn't? Because I always had PE my last class. So I would just get dressed and go to the bus. <laughs> You're lying. You're lying. <laughs> no, I wouldn't go. Near so it. you never seen any girls walking no, around with the titties. I've seen it. Okay. I just what didn't do go you in the like... shower area. Okay. I... What do you like in titties? Do you like them firm? Do you like them big? Do you like I don't them like, small? I don't like big boobs. I don't like ones that will like suffocate me. I like them. What like is average. the perfect boob for you? <laughs> like a C cup. <laughs> a C cup, just where you can do your hands. Yeah, they got. Well, I got little hands, so if they were if they were to fit my hands, they'd have to be a B cup because my hands are small. So, do you like small nipples, big nipples, average nipples? I don't care. And is that where your eyes first go to? Is the titties? When or I does look it, at a woman, yeah. When you look at a woman, the where first, does your eyes go the to? The first place my eyes go to when I look at a woman is I look them directly in the eye. And what's that telling you? Because the eyes are the window to their soul. And what are you hoping to find there? Uh, when I stare in somebody's eyes, I just I want to see them smile. If I get a smile just at looking at them, then. So there's a connection. Yeah. Through both of you. Yeah. That's when your gaydar happens. No, my gaydar happens before then. <laughs> and I'm usually right. So, okay, you're usually right. Yeah. And why is it that 
you have these feelings. You do. You have these feelings. What? What feelings? <laughs> oh, what feelings, my ass? Do you feel a little tinkle when you meet a girl? No. No. Because you get a lot of girls that hit on you. Yes. Daily. At work. Uh-huh. I get it at work and when I go to the bar. So why ain't you partaking? Uh, I got her. I got her earlier. I got her shut up, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> because some of them are uh, a lot of the ones that hit on me while at work are more masculine, and I'm not into that. You don't like the bulls? No, I like the ones that look extremely feminine. Mm-hmm. Is it because you want to have some control? No. Or you don't want to be controlled? I don't want to be controlled. If so I want to wanna... be controlled, I'll hang out with a dude. Okay. <laughs> so that's why you like the more feminine ones. Yeah, because then it's equal. Mm-hmm. Because we'll just do what happens. Okay. So you do, went... do everything that just happens. You're at a bar, and you find one of these feminine females. I mean, females. if you want me... It, no, it, hold on. You find a feminine female, and you're getting along. Yeah. Tell us where it goes from there. Well, uh, I do the same thing y'all do. I do a sniff test. I do the finger test. But no, no that, that, yeah, that goes a little later because you're not going to automatically. Always starts with, it always starts. I mean, if we're at the bar, it starts with dancing. Mm-hmm. It starts with you got to be grinding on this chick and see where it goes from there. And, it, and I'm the type of person, believe it or not, uh, I like when they make the first move. Yeah, because it, it is awkward. It's awkward making the first move. And so sometimes... Because you they, never know if they're into it. And sometimes the first move just doesn't happen. And if it doesn't, I'm accepting of it. I mean, it's their loss, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I like to be the one that gets made the move on, not the... I'm and not, that happens I'm to you all the time. I'm actually not the predator. I'm not. It happens one, to you all the, the time where they make the move on you. Mm-hmm. I wait. I wait it out. Mm-hmm. Because they meet you there once, they're gonna come back, and they do <laughs> every week. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I I kick back and let uh, let them come at me. Uh huh. And normally, if they're the dancing and you start dancing enough with them, then the they plant the kiss, and it just goes from there. And it goes from there. Mm-hmm. See, women, you you I'm, guys have to take uh you know education from women because they know how to get you laid women know how to do it i'm a really good wing wing woman wing woman at the bar yeah like uh, the guys that go to the bar actually have me go talk to the women that they like (laughs) sad 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 thing though is i'd say half the time they end up liking me and not the guy that's interested them (laughs) sorry I guess I'm just fun. So how did you like your first full-blown bisexual moment? Do you want to know who that was with? You you know her. Yeah. <laughs> you enjoyed it, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the beginning, then it got to be a little too much because I was only the giver. Uh-huh. I never received, which I'm fine with in some situations. But... I mean, I'm good. Be I, I am more of a giver than a receiver on both guys and girls, right. personally. But 
if you're if you're a female and you're just flat out not willing to give or even give it a try, mm-hmm. it kind of turns me off. And then you go on to a new one. Yeah, I walk off. I'm over it. Because if uh, if I'm in the shower taking a shower and you got to come in there and bother me because you want something done, please. Enough is enough. Then when we're driving in the car and you want my hand in your pants while I'm driving. Because <laughs> this has happened. I'm not bullshitting. It's happened. And then you had an, a really eye-opening experience that you really liked. With a stripper. Was a stripper. <laughs> she was fun. She was my first. She, <laughs> she, All right. Tell us about the stripper. She was my first squirter. You learn to duck and dodge that crap, let me tell you. <laughs> I made sure I knew when it was going to happen because you could hear by the moan when uh, it's going to happen. You move out of the way because I don't feel like drowning. Right. I mean, I could drown somebody, but I don't want to be drowned. <laughs> I'll do it to somebody, but I don't want it happening. So no. the stripper was a lot more fun. Why? She was more fun. Because with her, it's like, oh, you're going home? I'm like, yeah, I'm tired. She's like, can you stay like 10 more minutes? <laughs> I'm like, why? She goes, I'll be right back. She goes and takes a shower. And she was <laughs> hot. She she had big babies. Yeah. Yeah. And she had a nice ass. Right. And she like taking care of you. And the funny thing is, is she wasn't super skinny. She is. She had a little something, something in the middle too. She was, she, but she was very attractive. Right. She took care of you. No. No? No. <laughs> but what made her where you like with her more? Because she bought me stuff. Oh, the <laughs> presents. <laughs> I didn't mind. I wasn't getting any sexual in, 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 like from her. Like she didn't do any of that with me. I mean, we we didn't even like kiss or anything. Uh-huh. But she uh she she bought me she bought me shirts and and she bought me a pair of some jeans and yeah, she bought me some clothes. Right. It was cool. Or she'd give me ones that she wasn't wearing anymore, like her shirts and stuff. Yeah. And so I got presents. You got presents from that. Presents are good. Did she make you a professional? Did she? Yeah. No, I thought I was pretty good before I went there. Maybe that's but why the, she kept making me stay. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she make you more because she was a squirter. Yeah. She, she made, made she you made, more knowledgeable. Well, she was, she was the first one that I ever was with that did that. So by the time we owned the uh, Swingers Club, man, I was a pro. <laughs> just saying. Well, like uh, Nitro just said, she was like a sugar mama. Yeah, she was. She would give you what you needed. Mm-hmm. That's one good thing about strippers. And, and she was there emotionally, like women, because we need emotional beings in our lives. And, you know, sometimes the men are just like, shut up. Okay, because Hollywood says it's me sometimes. You're like, shut up. I don't want to hear your mouth right now. Mm-hmm. So if he didn't want to hear my mouth, I'd just go to the stripper's house. See, a lot of things that these guys don't understand about me is I'm real finicky around women. Yeah. I'm very finicky. And you were and you were friends with her. Oh, I was great friends you with her. You were good friends but with her. But at the same time, I don't want strip. her bobbing on my knob. We'd go to the strip club and, and we'd we'd watch her dance and stuff. And I'd get more attention at the strip club than Hollywood would. So <laughs> Yeah, but there's a reason why. 
Because you push them I get, off. I get you don't finicky. Want, you don't want them touching you. I don't want them touching me. I don't want them blowing nice shit in my ears. And don't get him wrong, because when we had the swingers club, he got his. I, I was doing my he thing. He did his thing. He but got I have. To, wanted, but I got to be picky. real serious about something. But he was really picky. Where to me, she was a good, you know, a good woman, <laughs> but it just wasn't for me. Mark says Hollywood keep both your hands above the desk. <laughs> 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 he doesn't need to. He already knows this story. Yeah, I already he know knows this the one. stripper story because I would tell him every day when I came home. Yeah, she would tell me everything that was going on, <laughs> which is what you need in this type of deal. And I'd show him like, look what I got. Look at my new shirt. Isn't I think cute? you know what it is with me and women. I, I still have one of the shirts she gave. I already me have to deal with enough bullshit with you, with your dumbass mouth, that. I don't want to have to deal with another one. Yeah. I don't believe Why? in that bullshit. Because so everybody, fun. every guy's freaking fantasies to have two or three women been there, done that. It's like, okay, whatever. Threesomes aren't as much as fun as they're cracked up. They're not. They're boring. I hate to say it. Whether it's two chicks, two dudes, they're boring. Yeah. Once you do it, you're like so you're over it. You're over it. You don't even care if it ever happens again. You so I'd rather, you know, up. you go out with a hot stripper, do your thing, have some fun, and I don't get the headaches. Mm -hmm. But now, you and know, I, you I, was with, have... I was with her for probably what? Two years. Two years. Yeah. I was with her for two years. Yeah, it was two years, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's two years. And then, years. and then the 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 fun funny part is, is I actually called it off. It wasn't her; it was me. Why did you? SNS is still listening to the show. You getting all my guys hard over here? Uh, why did I call it off? Uh, because she started dating somebody that uh I didn't agree about. Like I didn't. Yeah. So you got the emotional I gave, attachment. I gave my opinion of the guy she started dating because the guy was actually a real jerk, but she didn't seem to find that. But Until later on. Yeah. And then six months after they were together, she broke up with him and then she started contacting me again. And I said, no. Right. Because she didn't listen to me the first time. So there's an emotional attachment. Yeah, there that was a big, there was a big time emotional attachment that happens between women. Women have m major emotional attachments, and I'm not talking just like I'm not talking because they're sexually involved either. It's just women have closer relationships with other women than a woman does with a man. Mm -hmm. I never understood 100%. that. Is because it? You can talk to women about things you can't talk to your husband about. You can talk to... Why? You got the most open-minded husband around. Yeah, but half the time when I'm talking to you, you're like, oh, I don't want to hear it. Shut up. I'm going back to work. It's true. I'm going in the office. I don't want to talk right it's now. It's true. It's true. Why do you got to talk to me when you come home? What am I on the two-question thing? You can only ask me... I can only ask you two questions when I get home. No, that's true. That, no. No. Yeah, I do that with my mom. You're, you know, she lives in Florida. She's an old Italian. She wants to talk, and I put a rule down: you only get two questions, and that's it. That's how me and my brothers handle her. Yeah. You only get, all you three only got boys, two. all three boys handle mom the same. You get two questions. After those two questions, you Shut leave up. us alone. We're done. <laughs> We're over it. Two questions. Let's just say it makes for a very short phone conversation when I hear him on the phone with her. Well, that it does. That it does. No, but it's like uh, you can you can have an emo it's a different kind of an emotional attachment that women have with women. Well, how many different kinds of emotional attachments are there? 
because women understand women. You men will never understand women. I don't give a crap how many times we try to explain things. You're just not going to get it. Mm -hmm. You're not. And women get it. Exactly, Mark. You guys have your dogs. (laughs) Yes, we do. I mean, they're more loyal than any woman I know. A man is never going to fully understand a woman where a woman fully understands another woman. And that's why women get emotional attachments. That's why women, even if you're just friends or best friends, you get upset when that friendship is done. Mm. It hurts. How did she reel you in? Because I think both of you reeled each other in. It was it was mutual. It was mutual. She, uh, the first time I met her was actually at the tattoo shop. Right. When she came in to get a tattoo. And that's when I found out that she worked at the uh, uh, tattoo shop life. Let me tell you. Yeah. I was, I actually pierced her. And that's when we started talking because you gave her a tattoo and then I gave her a piercing mm-hmm. afterwards. Right. I, I believe I pierced her tongue. Was it her tongue or was it her hoo-ha? No, she didn't pierce that. It was her tongue then. It was her friend that got that. Yeah, okay. It was the other one that got the anchors on the booty. Yeah, if you were ever a tattooist, you know what I'm talking about when you're in a shop. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Jay says, do we want to? No, you really don't want to completely understand a woman. No, because they are more mental than they are physical. Yeah. We're, we're got mental attachments, not just physical. So this started up at the tattoo shop. Yeah. Yeah. And I already knew she was, she, see, I had all the strippers coming to my be shop. In there, she'd be in there watching her, her friends. Cause she'd bring her friends to get tattooed from the strip club. And then it's like, I'd walk in the room and she'd, the first thing she'd do is she'd have me come over and sit on her lap. Cause I mean, I was smaller than her. So, right. And then, yeah. She'd have her hands around, you know, her arms around my waist while I was sitting on her lap. And and you guys were grinding. No, she kissed the back of my neck. That was the first thing. Ooh, did you get goosebumps? I did. Because it wasn't just a peck. She kind of licked a little and then. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I got goosebumps. Uh, yeah, I, I did. And then it like, just started I, going I the from there. I chills right now. So you have to thank me because I owned a tattoo shop where all the strippers came to. I only came there because she liked her work or because she liked me and maybe wanted all the strippers to meet me. (laughs) (laughs) She did. She had. But these other strippers, they would get on you and she get pissed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was very, very protective. (laughs) She even hated when we used to go to the club. And it was a bunch of us that went the one time while she was stripping. And yeah, the other strippers kept coming up to me, wanting to give me lap dances and stuff. And she kept telling them to back off. Right. Huh. They're like, she's like, she's mine. I'm like, I, I am not. What I did like. <laughs> I want that one to dance with me. Come on. But what I did like about her is she kept the strippers away from me. Oh, yeah. She already made it plain and clear that you weren't interested in any of them. You, no. you will do their ink. But other than that. And if I was backed up with piercings, you do the piercings too. Right. Because, I mean, I learned from you how to pierce. So, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of guys are out there like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Hollywood? Well, especially since you like to give all these guys uh, all their, you know, all this advice about women. Yes, blow and go. But I think it has to do with, I see women's dark side. 
who was disloyal, Mark, me or or the stripper? What do you mean? I don't know. He says, but she was disloyal. So I said, who? Who was disloyal? That's what I just asked. Who, well, you know, the people. Stripper, the stripper was because she she uh, she after two years she started dating a guy that was a dick. But at the same time, if they're saying that with you, no. If it was me, if you're talking about me, I wasn't disloyal. I knew all about it. Knew the whole thing, and we were. You got to remember, and we were in the swinger lifestyle. So I had broads all over the place. She was. She was. He said her, and I said, well, she was. Uh, she she was disloyal because of the fact that after the two years, she started dating a guy after I told her that, you know, how much of a jerk he was and she dated him anyways. So that's mm. why I walked away. Right. And I don't, and with women relationships, I don't give second chances. No, you only get one. They only get one. She screwed up. So when, why she, came, is that, though? when she came running back six months later, I told her to, that no, and I took her off all my social media and everything and out of my phone. So when she had, message texted me i didn't even know it was her right she's like hey girl i'm like who the hell is this she goes it's me and said who she was i mean i guess i could say who she was I don't well know. her stage name was ginger yeah she was a redhead so it's yeah you ginger. love them redheads because <laughs> redheads are angry they got a very angry side to them so, yeah, her name was Ginger. So when she texted me six months after she dumped that guy, uh, it was uh, I'm like, no. So basically, it's more about it's not all about sex. No, no. So, I mean, she her and I could have been we could we were friends for a while before any of that stuff even happened. We were friends for at least three to six months before anything ever even happened. We do pecks on the cheek, peck on the lips because we're girls, we're friends, and that's just what we do. But it wasn't until we were friends for a while before anything even happened. Hmm. Well, that's uh, China Doll's journey into her bisexual realization. And now Hollywood's mad because I eat better than he does. <laughs> she eats a punta better than any guy. Step inside, walk this way, you and me, babe.
the CVO. Are they worth it? Are they worth the price? These things have been around since 2003. And I think it was the direct result of the craze back then with the chopper builds and Harley Davidson wanted to get into the action. Now, what is a CVO? It is a custom vehicle operation. This coming from the Harley Davidson website. They represent the pinnacle of Harley Davidson's style and design. And I have to admit, this coming from somebody who's still stuck on carburetors and trying to get used to the 2015 Lowrider, that they have some style and they got some performance. Back in 2003, I would have never imagined that Harley Davidson would come up with a 117 cube. This Milwaukee 8, man, is something special. I think it's, you know, just as special as the Evo motor. Now, when I got my 98 Ultra Classic, well, just classic, it is an Evo because that's a bike that I knew. That's a bike I knew that could be worked on really easily. And the Milwaukee 8 is starting to prove the same fact out. 117 cubes. And the paint that is now coming out. And I was watching some videos on the CVO of how Harley Davidson manufactures them and stuff. You're talking about hand pinstriping here. We're not talking about robots that go in and doing the pinstripe. You're talking about craftsmen with their paint jobs. I think Harley Davidson really stepped up into the game with these customizations that are really coming out with these CVOs, especially the baggers, man. You're talking about the freaking road glide, street glide, all that good stuff. And they're just amazing that the technology that they're putting on with these bikes. Now, in 2003, that was the 100th anniversary of Harley-Davidson. And according to this, they introduced the first CVO softtail model, the FXSTDSE, Screaming Eagle and Deuce, and the FLHR, what is this, SE12 Screaming Eagle Road King. Uh, the first one, the FLH, had a 103 cubic inch twin cam engine. And I can tell you, from going to what I had with just the basics, with the fat boy with the twin cam, I'm telling you what, that 103, I have it in the low rider, and it's something special, and it is quick. But with these CVOs, with that 117 cubic inch ones, my God, I just can imagine getting on one of them and going into the 110s and all that stuff. And Harley stepped up that game as far as performance is concerned because they knew that people were fixing up their bikes, they were boring them out, they were throwing cams in there, the aftermarket was getting all kinds of recognition when it came to this, so naturally, you got to get involved. Now, I did like what they did with the CVOs, where it's only limited editions, and I think that's where they're going to get their price point from, is their only limited edition motorcycles, the problem with it, the price point's so high, 
you know, I think a basic bare bone CVO is like $44,000. And for somebody like me, somebody like you who doesn't have that kind of money, it puts it out of reach for us where, you know what, we have to go to ours, we got to build them up and, you know, try to get to that level of cubic inches out there. The problem with that is the different stage kits that Harley Davidson, Screaming Eagle, whatever you want to call it, sells is astronomical. Just to do my 2015 with the exhaust and the upgrade on the air cleaner, you're looking at $2,000 right there. It, it, that's a huge amount of money coming from the old days where you could go to a swap meet and buy these parts. Now it is just went overboard where you can't get that type of equipment without paying out your ass. So the CVO starting bare bones at 44000 I truly believe is out of the working man's price range. But we also have to understand that we're not Harley-Davidson's core customer anymore. You're looking at their core customer that's in the upper middle class that is a lot older than the median age for their motorcycles. Basically, they treat them like trophies. They hardly ride them. They have next to no miles, which is a good thing for us because we're able to pick up these bikes. My classic, I was able to pick it up for with 12,000 miles on it. I got it for six grand. Made the dealership put a thousand dollar Rockford Fosgate in it, and I also made them change the entire charge in the system. So you have to know how to wiggle your way into the process of buying a motorcycle. But with the CVO, you're looking at such a demand that they're not going to give you anything off of it. It's hard as hell to negotiate on a CVO when it's brand new. Because they know that they're in the driver's seat when it comes to these motorcycles. They know that people don't want to go, like we used to do in the old, old days, they don't want to go through the paint job. They don't want to go and customize all the accessories. They don't want to go in there and beef the engine up. So they know they got a lot of people by the balls when it comes to this CVO. Now, I was one of them type of guys that used to bash on them until I really got to know what they were targeted for. And again, that target was for upper middle class rubs, rubbers, whatever you want to call them. They weren't made for us. Even though we want to sit there and gawk at them, because they are damn fine looking bikes and they're in a limited type of production, at the same time, they're not for me. I'd rather, like I did, go get a 98 Classic with barely any miles and do it up myself. I want to go throw in a cam. I want to throw in the stereo system. But that's because I like making the bike mine. With the CVO, yeah, you can do stuff here and there. But at the same time, it's going to be like them other motorcycles that you see that are CVOs. Now, year by year, I have to admit, Harley-Davidson really nailed 
the type of trends that are going on. You have, uh, let me see here. You have the STs coming out right now. I'm wondering what 2023 is going to look like. The rumor with that is they're not going to come out until about April or May. So anything that you're hearing is just rumor. And I don't understand why Harley don't put out their models quicker because that's what the Japanese, the British, and the Germans do as far as their 2023 model lines. But I guess it does build up some kind of excitement around the release of the product. Uh, I know this new CEO, and this has been said over and over again, is he want to he wants to focus on the CVO market. Yeah, they're going to be making the most money off the CVO market. That's why you're seeing a lot of the dealerships out there with hardly any type of inventory because that's what their focus is on. And I'd have to say, unfortunately, that's what the focus is in the dealerships as well, where it used to be the used bike market and a couple brand models that they really focused on. Yeah, you see a lot of these dealerships that look like Disneyland and all that type of stuff with all these motorcycles, but usually they jack the price up so high that it's pretty unreasonable anyway, and we all know that's one of Harley's problems, but then we got to sit back and say, hey man, they're just not going after the people that kept them in business. They want to go where the money is. And that's why a lot of people, they pay for the name. They don't pay for the bike. Even though the CVO looks awesome and it has the cubic inches to back it up, it's been really tested with the King of the Baggers race series. At the same time, it's like, wow, I can't afford something like that. So if you ask me if a CVO is worth it, is it worth $44,000 a base model price? I would have to say no, because all you have to do, it really is go out, get you a used, say, road glide, get you a used one, put $10,000 aside for all the customization that you would get right off the line with a CVO. And I guarantee you're probably going to save ten dollars to $15,000 off the price that Harley-Davidson wants for that CVO. So no, I don't think, uh, personally, I would never do it because I'm one of them guys that don't want to pay over $15,000 for a bike. You know, I'm an old poor, you know, boy. So... What do you guys think? What do you girls think? Do you think the CVO is worth the $44,000 base price? And if you do, what accessories or what is it Harley-Davidson is doing to make you feel that way? Don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. Pass it around on your social media. Don't forget Monday through Friday. At 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, we always have a new video on this new channel. Rock on! Got a lot to say, can't hold it in this time, got no filter.